Speak your mind even if your voice shakes. Don't subscribe to extreme forms of modesty. Own your beautiful, intelligence and energy. Be fierce and unapologetic always. Hello and welcome to the Tony Squared podcast with myself, Carmen and me, Nicola. This podcast is a place for meaningful conversations about existing as 20-something-year-olds in the 2020s. We are so excited for today's episode. We it's are. titled A 20-something Woman. It is. It sounds really fancy. I Do think. you think? Yeah, it sounds quite sophisticated. <laughs> yes, yeah, sophi- that's Something the word, sophisticated. It. Yeah. I don't know why it makes me think of the like the 1920s, like 1920s. kind of the Great Gatsby. Yeah, like Great Gatsby <laughs> era, like super glamorous. With I don't know why my brain the, was taken It's there. okay. I mean, exactly, wherever you're... the headpiece, mm-hmm, yeah. you know? Wrong, doing wrong the, like, decade. Doing the Charleston and the ball, you know? I don't know why my brain went there. Did you watch Strictly? Is that why? I actually didn't watch Strictly oh, okay. this week, no. Okay. I don't know. I yeah, don't know you'll how have to tell me. You. You'll have to tell me who went after this. Um, yeah. After this. <laughs> but um, yeah, I am 100 years out. Just 100. So I need to bring myself <laughs> into the 2020s. Um, but yes, as Nicholas said, we are talking about the 20 something woman. Um, you know, we know that everyone, you know, faces huge kind of challenges and, and, you know, is going, going through it, you know, in this period of our lives. But I think there are particular challenges that women our age face, um, you know, that we are facing ourselves type of thing. And I think it's important for us, you know, both as two women to talk about Mm -hmm. them. So, um, yeah. We also welcome as many perspectives as possible, you know, DM us, uh, email us. You can also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Just let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, because sometimes what you guys are thinking and feeling will fuel us even more to have, you know, better discussions. So, yeah, honestly, I don't I don't really know what else to add after that, really. (laughs) No, I think I think without further ado, let's get into it. I guess the first kind of thing or aspect of being a 20 something woman 20 something year old woman in um this day and age is something we've spoken about before we spoke about it in the um the the first episode the box about again this like 30 deadline where we feel like you know that that kind of deadline is very much defining the years within our 20s um you know one of those things being I'm sure you can all guess what you know I'm about to say that you kind of have to be married by 30, you know. Yeah. And that, you know, if you haven't, then something is, is going hugely wrong, wrong in your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just very, like I was listening to um, a friend had recommended me the Emma Watson um, Vogue interview, mm-hmm. um, which came out a couple of years ago. And she basically was talking about the same thing where she was like, I really didn't get it because, you know, when I was turning 30, everyone was like, oh my God, you're turning 30. Mm -mm. This is like a big deal. And she was like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But then she kind of got to turn 30 and basically said there were all of these subliminal cues coming her way, you know, essentially saying what I I just said that, you know, now life gets serious. Now, especially, you know, you should be Mm. married or like, you know, you should know what, what the hell you're doing. You should be, you should be said, you know, not in your ways, but, you know, you should be said. Um, and yeah the 30 deadline I feel like has an extra layer of pressure for women because of this marriage thing I don't feel like men have the same pressure that we do to kind of have ourselves 
you know, what's the word now? Romantically, financially set, or I should say romantically mm. set um, by the time we're 30, which is, a, it's, it's an odd one. Yeah, I feel like it's that whole, um, I'm in my 20s, I'm in my prime. Like, there was a, you know, that's like the time almost that you, you're supposed to, you know, by the time you're like 30, you should be, you know, well put together, well packaged, let's say, so that you can then enter, you know, this new phase in your 30s where you're married and you're prepared to like have your 7,000 kids that you, um, society's telling you to 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 have so I agree <laughs> that it's 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 very yeah. exhausting it's very it's very weird I don't really know it's I mean I guess it's only really recently where we've as women we've been allowed to have agency over our own lives and and you know for a very long time all we were supposed to do was get married and have kids so I feel like it's almost like being given permission in these 10 years in your 20s to do whatever you want and then when you turn 30 you kind of need to go back to the mm. The original to the plan. old yeah the original plan yeah you've you've had your fun you know mm. well done you know you've gone off now come back and do what you need to do it, it's yeah and it's also like if if you're 20s because I think you 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 know spoke about how there's that expectation to be single in your 20s mm. and then married in your 30s but it's like you know the 20s and the 30s they are next to each other like <laughs> there's not a five-year kind of like purgatory gap between them. <laughs> no one knew yeah they are right next to each other they are actually adjacent <laughs> um so it's like if you're supposed to be single in your 20s but married in your 30s where what you know it's not adding up it's not making it's, a lot of yeah sense. the math isn't the math isn't mathing basically <laughs> the math isn't mathing so it's almost like you're supposed to live your best single life in your 20s then maybe like 28 and a half Three quarters. Three quarters. You you know, meet the love of your life and married in the next 18 months. Yes. It's like, why? That doesn't make sense. And also it doesn't happen for people. Like, yeah. why does society tell us that kind of conflicting and contradictory message? No, and I think that's why so many women feel as if like when they do turn 30 that they failed, like in some weird way. But how have, how have you failed? You had zero point two minutes to find someone you supposedly will love and commit to for the rest of your life and I think that the space like you just said between that 29 and 30 (laughs) Mm. how is anyone supposed to you know like there's a lot of people and also in those loads of people the pool of people that are good is very very small but conversation (laughs) for another day (laughs) no it's it's how do you feel about this like can you relate like (laughs) can I relate that's a great question I think so yes wholeheartedly probably um I think it's funny because I I feel like to be single as a woman it has its own taboos to then you know not be married by 30 also has its own taboos and so it's it's really weird sometimes to kind of Mm. know where you stand with everything and and it's really easy to feel really pressured because of what's kind of going on around like I can only speak for myself obviously because I am giving my answer to your question here I am trying to divert as you can see but (laughs) (laughs) I think yes I absolutely feel the pressure to you know right now have fun but in a very modest and very you know well accepted way very Mm. controlled is the word very controlled way and then by 28 I need to have found this supposed perfect person so I can marry him in two years absolutely Mm. I do I do feel the pressure to do that um but I always say like I'm very lucky I think to have a group of friends that allow me to have extremely 
you know, open views is how I'll answer that question. Mm. What about mm. you? I guess for me, I can see it from both sides. Mm. Um, you know, as a single woman, that notion of having to, whilst you're still building your career, you're still trying to like, you know, do all the things that any other normal person is doing. You're also trying to like find the love of your life in the next four years. Mm. That is like a, a crazy pressure that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But then as a or someone as someone in a relationship, you're also like, okay, you know, you're dating in the now, mm -hmm. but you're very aware that you're in your mid twenties, you know, this is the time when people begin to get super serious. Mm -hmm. You kind of reach a not a crossroads, but kind of a are either kind of not being serious with them or you're beginning to really plant roots yeah. with that person. Yeah. So and that in itself is a scary notion. It's like, you know, your mid twenties still feel well, at least I can speak for myself in my, you know, early to mid twenties <laughs> is a <laughs> I still feel like I've got a lot to learn mm. and I've got a lot to know about myself and, you know, all of that stuff. So that in itself is a scary notion. And I think also that the kind of the uh, like subliminal future mm. deadline that you kind of feel it's not it's quite it's far enough to not feel it. But like it's not it's not like not far enough to not not feel it. <laughs> Added any wow. more double negatives. That was fantastic. Please? Any yeah, more double negatives? Grad, amazing. That was incredible. Thank yes. you so much. LSE yes. Masters. Wow. Um, wow. I'm seeing it yes. all. <laughs> so only the real, maybe if you're not on the level, maybe you, not, you might not, you might not catch, you might not catch the, uh, the double negative. <laughs> no, I, I, I put myself in knots with that sentence. Basically, basically um, that kind of pressure of the 30 deadline that, you know, in the next few years you need to like, the M word is, is, is looming. That in itself is a pressure. So it's like, I don't know, I can see both sides. Yeah. It's a tricky one. Yeah. And I feel like on either side that you're on, that 30 deadline still manages to like take up some space. Mm. Even though I think, and you know, maybe this will be part of our podcast that, you know, we're trying to like debunk Yeah. that 30. Yeah, yeah. Like we're trying to debunk that 30 myth because it's really just an arbitrary number. Like, I don't know why... Do you, do you, you know, I don't really know why we subscribe so heavily to it. But at the same time, it's also quite difficult not to. Yeah, I think as you were saying that, I don't know why, but because the thing is, I'm I'm not obviously looking at it from like, I know you, you're more well-rounded, you know, human Carmen, looking at it from both perspectives. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but even that, like, I think it's so funny how we're not, how when we turn 20, you know, you're 21 or whatever, let's not say 20 because I don't think we can our brains are working at 20 but <laughs> when you are you know you're 21 and you finished uni and you now enter this adulthood life I think it's so funny how our minds so naturally drift to that whole womanhood and being single or having a partner like I, I feel like I don't know if obviously I can't speak for men but I don't know if that's where their minds go to I feel like theirs is very much you know building their career career their empires and whatever they want to do whereas we that is such a natural state for us to be thinking I don't know if that's society if those are the people around 100%. us I don't know where it comes from yeah like but as you said that I was like my god either way your brain is just preoccupied with this for, for what nine years yeah that's crazy 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And it's so funny that the thir- I feel like the 30 deadline for men does not have marriage as like intertwined with their deadline as it does for women. And yeah. I think that pressure doesn't begin at age 20 for women. I think that begins before. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it begins long before. Um, even, you know, and I don't know if this was this is specific to like our university or our community or whatnot, but, you know, it was very much a, a said thing at the beginning of university that, you know, you mm, go and find your husband. Go to university, exactly, <laughs> to get your degree and find your husband. Girl, they lied. I'm sorry. They, they lied. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sorry. Why at age 18 mm. are you thinking about finding a husband? Well, I guess that's what we're taught that's to not... aspire to. Yeah. It's just an interesting one. Like, and I wonder if, did men go into university saying, I'm going to get a degree and find a wife? Maybe they did. I don't know. If you're a man listening and that is a thought that you had, please let us know. Um, I'd be very intrigued yeah. to hear to hear that. Yeah, this. Yeah, we should also say this conversation is not just for women. Like we want everyone to be able to hear and have an opinion and and let us know what you think. So as yeah, as Nicholas said, this is a, an open forum for everyone. Um, you know, women exist in the world in which everyone lives. So it's a it's an everyone kind of you know. Yeah. but yeah i i just feel like we need to like you said earlier like debunk that the myth of 30 the pressure of 30 you know you i think you said it perfectly earlier you know 29 and 30 that right next to each other like miracles Mm. are not going to happen in the space of like i mean maybe you know also you you never know you're so right but i also think that we need to give ourselves a break and a like we shouldn't have a time limit on our lives. Like that's just mm. insane. Yeah. But the one thing that has actually and I'm so surprised that we haven't thought about this before, Nicola, the one thing that is different between men and women and the thirty deadline is the body clock. Oh. That women mm. have. Which I don't know how we haven't thought about this already. Um Big old friend. That, best bud. That that best bud. That honey. Oh, mother nature her. oh i love her <laughs> love her um that i guess that that is like a natural that's a natural deadline and yeah. quite a real one very real um, but also women are having children older now like it it's healthier it's safer you know mm, i think mm. it's okay to have a kid post that and you can nowadays like mm. but also i remember you know at 25, I'm going to be married with two kids. I'm going to be the fun mum. The young mum. If I could look at that version of me, I would... <laughs> I, I don't know. even know what to say. <laughs> what are you doing, girl? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, imagine having a kid right now. Like, I feel like anyone who has a child right now, I have so much respect. And yeah, genuinely. I, so much respect. It, it's, it must be so hard. Mm. Because we, you know... I feel like we've got our heads, well, half screwed on, only half. But the the thought of having to, like, not only define myself right now, but mm-hmm. in tandem define someone, not, de- like, help someone else define themselves and not yeah. just as someone else. It's a baby who is also completely physically dependent on you, yeah. you know, that I, I, you know. A lot of ut- respect. The utmost respect, quite genuinely. Um and I think just in terms of what you were talking about with the um, it's easier to have children later now. 
we also have to take into account the financial like burden mm. of having women late of having sorry children later mm-hmm. um because that could mean having children later may mean IVF or it maybe it would mean freezing your eggs mm-hmm. apparently freezing your eggs like so is expensive horrend- yeah horrendously expensive so expensive yeah um so we have to take that into account as well when we're talking about it's easier it's it's easier in in some biologically yes or or medically but accessibility to that ease mm. may not you know be as widespread True. um yeah. so but just then equally th- other side having a kid now financially being able to you know what i mean like it's just it's also so difficult yeah yeah so sounds like we are stuck between a rock and a hard place shock shock <laughs> Women have it difficult. Never heard that one before. Really, um, really happy for us. Yeah. <laughs> so as you I can know. tell, we have nothing to offer, but we're here for you if you, <laughs> if you need us. To be fair, we will at some point be having an episode on um, kind of like body health and just health yes. in general and, and yeah. women's health. Um, Absolutely. So again, we will be actually speaking to medical professionals with that. So it will um, not be me and Carmen. Can confirm. Just waffling. Yeah. <laughs> So I think this part... Yeah. Well, I got to season 15 of Grey's Anatomy, so from my medical knowledge... Hey, hey, um... hey. Grey's Anatomy counts as a degree, okay? I don't care. Anyone says, okay, if someone couldn't breathe, I would know how to save them. The okay. End. Yes. Uh, this is not medical advice. Just disclaimer, please don't anyone take anything that either of us say seriously <laughs> on a medical front. Um, I just have to put that in. I don't want anyone to sue us. Um yeah on the air for like four weeks and we're gone i know honestly please don't cancel us yet can we at least get a season in goodness me oh gosh that's hilarious um (laughs) but (laughs) let's just move on (laughs) yeah let's let's move on (laughs) so i feel like something that we've hinted at uh, is this kind of career versus, you know, what do we call it? Domestication? Is, mm. that, is that a fair word to call it? I guess, um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like as two ambitious young ladies, um, there are a lot of things that we want to do with our lives. And like Carmen said earlier, we've got, you know, pick yourself or to, you know, battle your body clock or battle the societal expectations to be married. And I think... That's something we can't really get away from. The kind of, you know, what what do you choose? Mm. What's the right? I mean, what nothing is the right choice according to you, and you know, mm. but what what is the right kind of? What do you do? Well, I feel like, you know, in this, you know, the the current age and our in the twenty twenties, we are very much told that women can and should have it all. Um, mm. which is amazing. It means that, you know, in the way that women couldn't 50, 60, 100 years ago, you know, have a successful job, um, you know, do what they want in their career, but also have children and have, you know, the home life that they want. Um, mm. That's great that we are now, we are told, you know, have it all women, you can do it, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, go, go women, do go everything. You. Yeah. And I obviously that's amazing, but I'm also like, you know, in reality, let's get real here. Even though we we do have a much more equal society, we I think we still could all accept that in most house or in, in the typical household situation, um, women are still the primary caregivers to their children or the household. 
Um, so it's like women are now encouraged to have, you know, successful, ambitious, demanding jobs. But that expectation of caregiving, I don't think has mm. adjusted for, you know, for, for that kind of increase in professional demand. So I'm, I'm yeah. a bit like, where where do women get the energy or find the energy or the time to actually have it all? Mm-hmm. Um, you end up I want to have it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, I know you want to have it all, but it's like. How? I. Uh, you end up spreading yourself you know? so thin that you, it's almost like something has to give. And most of the time it, it's you, your person, mm. whatever, whatever you are, whatever you love to do. You know what I mean? Like it's always mm. for my job or for like, I don't know, like you, that you have, it's you that has to give. I feel like there's no compromise because all these other things become your priority above yourself. Yeah. And that, yeah. that is so scary to me. <laughs> It is. It's a super daunting notion. But I'm also a part of me is like, is it daunting now because we're not at that stage of our lives yet? And maybe when we are, it will feel much more, I don't know, not natural, but Mm. it will it will feel more easy. Um, Mm. That's a good question. I guess that's something that we can in our part two, we will be talking to an amazing woman who has, you know, been through what we're what we're a bit more than us <laughs> a bit yeah a bit more than us a bit more than us so, yeah that's a really good question. I guess it's something that we can we can discuss more in detail in part two yeah yeah I don't know if anyone is a Desperate Housewives fan um but um Lynette Scarvo who is one of the kind of main characters I think is kind of a, a really good embodiment of what we're talking about mm. um she had a highly successful high-flying career in advertising was it, yeah. was it advertising yeah um met her husband in that same industry they both got married um you know bought a nice house um, and then she fell pregnant um with twins and essentially after that she ends up having was it six children six, by the end six six children six children um <laughs> yeah god bless that woman um <laughs> Bless her. Um, ends up having six children. Obviously, leaves her. Well, I say obviously. I guess that's that's uh, something to unpack in even and of itself. Mm. That I say obviously. Um, she leaves her job um, to become the kind of primary caregiver in the family, um, and ends up kind of losing herself yeah. in you know in motherhood and yeah. and care. I don't know. I, caring for her family yeah um and it's scary to see I think it's so funny because earlier you said that you know we're encouraged now to to want to like to be okay with wanting to have it all and you know we should have it all but the mm. second that you have like a kid it's like yeah you know that kid should be more than enough uh interesting one in the way that when women or when some women do leave their jobs you're saying they should feel content with mm-hmm. just mm. like that child should nurture absolutely everything that you could possibly want from life. Mm. And and that for me, if I'm being completely honest, is my biggest fear that, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to hate my kid guys, but I am saying <laughs> that I don't want it to be, I, I, I just don't want to lose myself mm. in my child. And I, and I, and I think that 
a lot of women at one point or some point I don't really know because I don't know loads of women that have kids now but like I would be so interested to, to hear their stories about how they felt post having kids and I feel like Lynette was earning more than Tom if we're going back to Desperate Housewives she was doing better than he was but mm, she was expected so to say you know to what my kids are more important than my work mm. do you think we will ever because of the nature of of childbearing because women are the ones to actually bear the child and you know breastfeed and whatnot in those initial stages mm. do you think we will ever as a as a society be able to divorce that notion that women are the primary caregivers or do you you know so it's interesting I don't think I don't think that we can necessarily divorce that but I feel like we can or there is a responsibility to our male listeners if they are listening to like play their part I don't know how else to kind of uh, mm. to phrase that I feel like I think um, there was an article that came out a few months ago about how women are ha- like women are now not having as much children as they used to or something like that um mm. and a lot of the rhetoric was like what do you expect when we're expected to do everything i feel mm. like if more women felt supported maybe they'd want to have we'd be having more kids i don't know i feel like there's a mm. that stepping up i think it can you can't divorce it because of the natural kind of you know we bear the kids and all that stuff and that but right. i think there is a stepping up that's required i would say from our male counterparts is how i'd Mm. answer that question shaking some tables (laughs) i like it (laughs) (laughs) no but i i I agree i feel like you know as i kind of open this conversation with if a woman only has a, a power bank of 10 um and you know it historically eight of those points were given to you know, childbearing and, and caregiving and two to kind of like social life and whatnot. But now we're expected to have five points of career added onto that as well. Mm. It's like the something is going to need to shift. Yeah. And I, for one, don't want it to be women's personal and, and um, social lives. Mm. So it's like there is going to have to be some give slash transfer, transferal of, of power mm. and I don't mean power in the like societal sense I mean in my power bank analogy mm-hmm. um, <laughs> sense there's going to have to be some transfer of power in order to relieve the women of some of these like you know yeah duties or responsibilities so no I, I completely agree with what you've with what you've just said um, and I guess also something that we will expand much more on um, in the next episode yeah for sure can I ask like are you scared about that time like when you have to how do you feel about that point do you feel are you anxious about it are you even thinking about it have you do you know what I mean Mm. like how are you how are you feeling about that I I'm not feeling anxious about it um I think for me because it feels so because I feel like I need to get so many things done before that point in my life where I'm having children it feels very far away Mm. so it's like I'm I'm almost like to myself there's only so many bridges you can cross at the same time like just get through the, the kind of more immediate hurdles mm-hmm. and you'll cross that kind of motherhood bridge mm. when the time is right. Um, I think my more immediate war or kind of anxieties is maybe strong. 
my more immediate underlying anxieties lie more within the like financial responsibility mm. of having children in terms of that kind of aspect of things. Um, just because, as we've said before, we're like two Londoners. I, you know, would pre preferably like to raise my children in this country, which just seems to be getting more expensive by the second. I, I leave my house and a tenner falls out my just pocket. <laughs> if I'm lucky, honestly, on a good day, on a good day. Um, yeah, so I that is what that gives me more immediate kind of concern than mm. that aspect that we've just been talking about the whole kind of motherhood thing. But again, that's a that's a that's a twenties anxiety for another episode. <laughs> money? Do you, do you need money to exist? What? Do you are what's capitalism? That? Oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> hey guys. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Um, I just am here to tell you if you're enjoying it, please do leave a review on our Apple Podcasts page. Um, that really helps us and helps other listeners get a sense of what we're talking about as well. Thank you. Yeah, I guess just moving the conversation forward a little bit um, away from marriage and more just into like kind of careers. I feel, and you know, women owning our careers in general. Mm. Um, and like owning ourselves even like I feel like that is something that at least I could say I struggle with yeah in terms of like you know there's this I don't know if it's a saying or a I don't know if it's actual research I think it actually is though um or if it's just one of those phrases that everyone talks about that um hey <laughs> so now people can't trust us with medicine or research. I know this is very good <laughs> we are setting an Listen, so, we said we don't know anything. Yeah, true. yeah, we were honest <laughs> from the beginning, guys. We did. We really we were honest. Um, that a man will see a job description. Let's say there are ten, you know, uh, ten skills needed. We'll see that he meets five or six of them mm. and apply regardless. But a woman will look at the same job description. Um, see that she doesn't meet two of the requirements mm. and not apply because, you know, she doesn't hit the full 100% needed for the, for the so-called job. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that kind of story slash, you know, research kind of says it, it, it encompasses the problem in and of itself mm. that, you know, we, I don't know if it's that women, we have too high of an expectation for ourselves or we feel like we have to be exceptional, um, you know, in order to, I don't know, in, in order to feel or in order to be deemed um, appropriate or qualified enough for the job. Mm. Like, why do we second guess ourselves? And that's not only with job applications, but also like I think also in the workplace, mm. you know, um, we don't we don't necessarily take up as much space as we could or should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I read this. I can't actually remember the whole thing, but this, it was about, it was talking or encouraging women to stop uh, being small, stop being silent. And then it was say it said like accommodating and convenient. And I was like, mm. heard. <laughs> Whoa. I heard you. You're calling me out. Okie doke. Like it was, it was, it was like, I was a bit triggered because I feel like that's exactly what it is. Like we, I mean, I, sorry, let me not say we, I feel like, a lot of the times I want to be as convenient as humanly possible. I want to yeah. you know, accommodate for whoever and for whatever they kind of ask for so I can show that I'm, it's okay for me to be in this room. It's okay for me yeah. to be here. 
And I think, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't want to speak for you, but that is no, how I, I feel like completely. a lot of the times. You know what mm, I mean? Mm, and I don't mm. know how to. I mean, I'm sure you can on you know whatever, but I think that's a very societal thing that we've we've just been taught to be very grateful that you're here, babe. Do you know what I mean? And mm, it's it's very. Mm. Ooh, it's very oh I was very triggered <laughs> say the um just give us the line again women are uh, she told said to be we're told we we are accommodating and convenient so she's like we're right. small silent accommodating and convenient and I was like oh yeah okay whereas you would never in the workplace describe ever. a successful man as any four of those ever characteristics ever and I guess even yeah exactly a, a man is not to kind of whip out all the cliches but a man will be bold and a woman would be a cow mm-hmm. you know if they were to exhibit the same um the same what's the word I'm looking for characteristics. behaviors yeah yeah characteristics um and you know I think especially at this stage in our careers where, you know, in our kind of 20s, especially at this end of our 20s, we're still very much in the junior roles mm. or like junior side of things. Um, I especially feel like I need to be convenient and mm. accommodating, mm. like, you know, because it's like I know that I don't have that expertise yet or I'm not, you know, in a managerial role yet. So... I'm like, you know, I just need to like be as helpful as possible yes. and, yes. you know, just, just help. I, I don't know. Do my uh, part. Do the absolute most to show that, you know, I, I'm worthy to be here. You know, like, yeah. oh, yeah. it's crazy. It is, isn't so it? Crazy. Even though I applied for the job and I interviewed and they like, gave me the job and they pay me for the job. Like, I, I still feel like, <laughs> you know. I wouldn't have got the job if I, if I couldn't so what why yeah it's so mad god the way you just said that has really hurt my brain <laughs> really <laughs> like i actually yeah. applied like i didn't just i didn't just walk yeah. in here and like take it i yeah. genuinely applied. and they didn't say oh yeah fine i mean we must yeah <laughs> yeah you know they offered you the job you know you're there for a reason i guess we you know this all plays in also into imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, and I'd love to see if there's any research about the kind of intersection of gender and imposter syndrome and whether women are more, are more likely to mm. feel it or in, in, encounter it or, you know, experience it. And for those who don't know what it is, it's essentially the, the notion that you don't feel qualified to be in the space that you're in um, and will continue like second guess yourself um, and feel as if everyone else around you is much more qualified than you are, mm-hmm. and that you're basically like faking it till you make it, basically. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd just be intrigued to see. Same, actually. What that intersection is. Um, talking about intersection, um, I feel like we can't, you know, have this episode without talking about the intersection of gender and race um, and how, you know, if women are going through all of these things to then add the layer of, of race and the racialized world onto that, um, you know, black women are, it's, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yes. If, I feel because, like that's like, actually. I agree. <laughs> I feel like, you know, those, that, those ad libs were enough of a uh, explanation. A yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. I I understand that. Um, <laughs> yeah. We just talking about being, you know, yeah, no, I think black women face, again, a very specific set of difficulties that not all women or all black people mm. face. Mm. Um, and that I think it should be recognised more than it is sometimes. Absolutely. It's very ex- exhausting is genuinely the word because it's so hard to properly articulate what it is because it's such... It is such small things that can honestly just make your mind want to explode. <laughs> like, mm, mm. Make you feel much more uncomfortable than yeah, than you, you should would otherwise. Yeah, mm. yeah, and I guess that you know, uh, um, microaggressions for people who, you know, don't know what they are. They're kind of like small. What what seems like insignificant things that happen on a kind of daily or, or regular basis that make you that essentially alienate you from the environments in which you're in, mm-hmm. um, consciously or subconsciously by the people that do it. Um, but yeah, kind of, yeah, alienate you and, and make you feel othered um, and just make your day that bit mm. more difficult. Sweet. Yeah, more sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like the bad sweet that gets Eventful. stuck in your... Yes, 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 <laughs> that one. Yeah, I know, it's really hard. Like, I feel like I'm very conscious of and and thing is it's funny because I don't know how you feel about it but sometimes I do feel like I'm more conscious of it than maybe sometimes other people are do you know what I mean I I mean I guess that is the whole point of it but I I I don't know if that's a common thing you know what I mean expand more on that expand more okay so I can use myself an example um I work in a predominantly male industry I also work in a predominantly (laughs) white industry And Mm. I think sometimes when you're in the room and you're the only black woman there, yeah, you you can't almost like I am very conscious of it. And thing is, people around me might not be, and I I I don't know obviously we're not having that conversation. It don't really give me the implication that they are, but I just feel very like wow, (laughs) yeah, sticking out here, Nicola, like that, like it's it's very. I don't know how much of that is is them, how much of that is me, but I do feel like a lot of it is like I'm, oh Nicola, wow, you're the only, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I'm very conscious of it, very, very yeah. conscious of it. Yeah, completely. No, I, I, of course, agree with you, and I, I touched on it in the first episode when I spoke about my kind of school experience, where you, you feel, whether or not it's been imposed on you, you feel like you're in a fishbowl, mm. um, where you are the catfish mm-hmm. that like not only are you in the fishbowl everyone can see what's going on you are the different fish mm-hmm. like they can they could see see you mm-hmm. um and that obviously has implications for how comfortable or how welcomed we feel in that space yeah. regardless of how you know the people could be so lovely and mm-hmm. welcoming and not even intentionally make you feel any type of way yeah. but that kind of inevitably is what ends up happening yeah you know oh, 100%. um and I guess that is a, a tricky one because it's like, this isn't to say that every single space, like, you know, every every non-black space, you know, for black people is so difficult and people need to always make us feel comfortable and all this stuff. That's mm. not the case. But it's like, to what extent is it kind of, and I don't want to say self-imposed mm. um, paranoia, but 
I guess that is what I'm asking. To what, to what, to what extent is it self-imposed um, paranoia? And can we ever escape that self-perception of the fishbowl? Yeah. As black people and specifically black women? That's such a great question. I love that question. Because I think it, it forces you to take a step back. Like, even as you just asked, I literally was like, hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if I, yeah. if I walked into the room and I was like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't give a heck. I know I'm competent. Mm. I know I'm good at this. You know, would I feel as uncomfortable if I was walking in there with, you know, without the preconceived mm. notion that I will be othered? Right. Would I feel as uncomfortable? Right. I don't know. I don't know either. Mm. And I guess that's maybe a shift in our thinking that needs to happen. And I guess that also fe- um, feeds into the whole imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, if we were more, you know, confident and like confident isn't the right word, but if we were more sure in ourselves or, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe it would be a different experience in those environments. Yeah, no, for sure. But um, it's easier. It's much easier said Ooh, than girl. said than done, isn't it? <laughs> it really, really is. But I feel like I, you know, I feel the where I work, I'm very like I remember the in my first couple of days where you know be like oh not days let's say weeks you know what does Mm. whenever like you have to introduce yourself obviously because I'm new and I'd just be like hi I'm Nicola and I just do you know the comms and I remember like my manager being like no you don't you do much more than that and and that kind Mm. of and I guess maybe it's because she's a woman and and maybe that's the thing that's played there but it was very like that's the first time that's happened where it's like that's not all you are. You're, you, mm. you're actually quite more than that. You do way mm. more than that. Why are you under underselling? Underselling and, yourself. Yeah, and that was a very... I loved that experience because that made me feel more confident to go into rooms. And I right. loved that so much. Yeah, and I two points on what you've just said there. First, women, from what I've noticed in my life anyway, are much quicker to undersell themselves than mm. men are. Um, we're much quicker to just kind of diminish what we do or, you know, kind of talk it away, mutter it under our breath um, without actually giving it the like, um, giving it the space or the like, the place that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, and men will 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 much more easily do so. Um, and second of all, the importance of mentors yeah. and people who, well, God, and that yeah. could be either women or men male I say female or male mentors um who what's the word now like help you take up the space that you deserve Mm -hmm. um yeah I I have an amazing mentor at the moment who is a woman and you know it's does exactly the same thing that you've just said your manager does kind of reminds me like of my you know you got this abilities yeah (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what the word is (laughs) um yeah who is is great at reminding me that you don't need to like mutter things under your breath just so you can yep. be humble again yes. women are always Humility. supposed to be humble oh. yeah throw it in the bin <laughs> <laughs> cancel it i am great okay <laughs> cancel it <laughs> honestly i feel like women we need to genuinely like cancel our subscription to humility please like please <laughs> the free trial ended years ago way, way back then years <laughs> it's very boring like and that is why i don't know like i just love seeing women like brag about what they're doing i love it oh yeah 
I yeah. love it. I'm like, yes, scream it some it. more. You want me to help you scream? I will scream for you. <laughs> like, I find it so amazing because I think we are encouraged, like, this humility, this false humility as well, because you have to be acting like, you know, oh, yeah, oh, me, you know, like, really weird. Yeah. It's really strange. But yes, is, we need to cancel that subscription and ASAP. <laughs> ASAP. ASAP. Like, yesterday. Oh. And all these things will, you know, obviously have kind of um, societal slash historical slash sociological roots in mm. like, you know, the patriarchy. The patriarchy has, has taught us to, to, to be small mm-hmm. and to fit into the, the box mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be in and to not not deviate from that, um, you know. And I guess part of being our age in this age is recognizing that throwing the box away mm-hmm. um and not i don't know i don't know what the last i feel like i need a really good like three-pronged sentence and i was nearly there but i just i didn't have that i last thought you were doing sentence. amazingly actually oh thank you yeah. but I, I i don't know what can round off that phrase I have found the, um, you know, the quote I said, or that woman that was talking about convenience and like not being accommodating, not being convenient, like that. But her, so the first part was about don't, you know, small, silent, accommodating, convenient as possible. So speak your mind, even if your voice shakes. Don't subscribe to extreme forms of modesty. Own your beautiful intelligence and energy. Be fierce and unapologetic always. I love that. I love that. I love that. I feel like that is something I need to put up on my wall or something. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> if I had a penny for everything you said that needs to go on your wall, what would your wall look like right now? <laughs> but it's it's such a it's such a great phrase and something that women are not kind of told. I don't think we're told enough about that. Mm. You know, we're told again, mm. going back to what we were talking about, to like have it all and, you know, be successful and do everything. But the kind of how you know, or like the kind of mm. once you're there, how to sustain it or mm. what to be like or, you know, um, that's never really spoken about. So I, I really like that phrase. Yeah. And I find it, as you were saying that, I thought of like the woman that kind of does get there and how she must feel like she has to act right. once she's yeah. there. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm very fascinated by that. How must that feel like? So um, another thing that I think is is very important, especially for women now, women our age, is, you know, I feel like after the world opened up, we wanted to leave our house, houses rather. We outside. (laughs) We're in the streets. I mean, not really, guys, at all. Um, But we just wanted to kind of go out, kind of enjoy life, have some fun, meet with friends. Um, And something that, I feel like we can't get away from is the element of safety mm. or women's safety right now, especially in this day and age, but especially right now in the United Kingdom where we are. Um, it's a very terrifying world to be out there. It is. Haunting and, and dancing around. It's it's a bit scary. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same I, way or. I feel completely the same way. I feel like, as you said, you know, we're again, we're allowed out, things are open, we can go clubbing now, we can go for late dinners, we can go to each other's houses, amazing. Um, But when it gets to, you know, half 11 and it's pitch black outside and you're 
Uber is saying 2.1 surge and, um, you know, you've missed your last train home, like it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, you can't get away from the fact that that has implications on how we live our lives. You know, the fact that we, mm -hmm. we ultimately don't feel safe. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we've had two, well, I should say two really high profile because there's been obviously many, many more, but two very high profile cases in the media recently um, of two women who were walking home on normal days after normal, you know, normal weekdays um, who were kidnapped and killed um, senselessly, one by a policeman. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you, we, you, you can't, we can't pretend as if these things don't happen because they, they no, really do. They happen to normal mm -hmm. women who were doing normal things at normal times of the day and the night. Um, mm -hmm. And it just feels like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's so important. Like, I want to go out. I want to have fun with my friends. I don't want to feel like I can't leave my mm. house because some person who, I don't know for what reason, has decided today he's not having a good day and I <laughs> will pay yeah. the price for it. Like, that's not, it's not okay because our lives are now no longer being dictated by ourselves, but someone else is crazy. Yeah. Like, what is yeah. that? I, I wish I could tell you. I, I wish I could tell you. And, you know, we spoke about two kind of senseless murders, but it's not just murder that's happening to women. Like there's mm. a, there's many other, many, many other steps before mm. before we get there that, you know, are rife um, right now and, and just kind of add to our feeling of, you know, and it's so difficult because you can't let fear dictate your life. But at the same time, we are humans and... Mm. our instinct our instinct is to preserve lives and specifically our mm. own lives um how can i not think about that when i'm you know trying to be social and loving my you know 20s life um mm -hmm. in the way that you know men don't face the same kind of safety concerns that we do in that in that sense i was having a conversation with this with this girl and she was explaining how i think she'd put it on on maps or something like to get to a destination on on her thing and it led her like through this alleyway and she was saying literally even the technology that we use is catered right. to me to men right like even that doesn't protect us so like what you know you're not sending me down an alley at seven o'clock five o'clock today i was like i'm mm. i was gonna go for a walk i said absolutely not like i'm not doing that because first yes it's cold but also it's really dark yeah. like i can't go for a walk at five o'clock i can't do it on my own but i was doing that like a month ago because <sighs> it was light i felt safer yeah. and it's like i shouldn't have to feel like my life actually has to change because of i know do you i know don't what know I, mean? like... I cause you, i you know you mentioned that last week that you were going for a walk after work or that you were going to go for a walk after work and i'd kind of thought to myself oh you know oh mm -hmm. okay I hope that's kind of going to be, I didn't say anything to you, but I, it was a fleeting thought. I was like, God, I hope that's on a main road or I kind of hope that's not in a park because I know you like to go mm -hmm. for walks. In the park. So it's like the fact that I need to think about this, that you can't even, you know, do exercise outside your house when it's dark in November. So it means you can't do exercise outside, you know, kind of in the outside after work period. Mm -hmm. It's just frustrating and crazy. Very very like I have a whole day I'm literally on my laptop from nine to let's say five like mm. today 
I just want to go out and get some mm. air. Like, obviously, I can go to the garden, but it's just not the same thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's really frustrating. Yeah. Like, it's it's really immobilizing. Like, and I think you know, there's an onus. It's not just you know we shouldn't be the only ones having these conversations. And I guess you know we're not, but also there is an onus on those with authority and power within these mm. countries or you know countries and institutions because it's not just a kind of governmental thing it's also you know businesses and the people who are making mm-hmm. this technology as as you know you just spoke about you know there's an onus on them to actually you know protect us place place more importance on the protection of women um mm-hmm. the protection of people because i i don't know if and i guess this also again you know plays into the fact that so many of these things are male dominated environments where they're not having enough conversations with women about the the challenges mm-hmm. that we face um mm-hmm. we like things need to change and yeah i i don't know <laughs> i don't know what else to add to that sentence but things need to change yeah. like we can't be living our lives in fear like this when there are a, a thousand ways in which the world could be a safer place for women and and you know again i will caveat this by saying we're we're talking in our in our kind of you know western relatively economically and kind of um what's the word now like situationally privileged um yeah perspective where we're talking about kind of like specific problems to to us but also there are like you know when we broaden that out to the rest of the world you know femicide um you know sexual assault um just abuse of women and and lack of women's rights lack of gender equality women around the world are suffering are are not living lives they deserve to live and it's Mm -hmm. the onus is not on those women to make their lives better the onus is on the people in charge whether that be corporations governments ngos to help and to do what they're you know what they're there to do i couldn't have said it better so i i feel like you should just have that thank you so much that's yours <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just wanted to be you know and also women you know there's more women on this earth than there are men you know i think it's like a kind of 55 45 split or something like that it's not as if there's only 100 women on the planet and we're and we're asking for for things that are inconvenient to the rest of the world like we're over half. How did we get here? Like we always say, you know, we don't want to just talk, mm. which we're very, very good at doing. I know, right? Oh, we love a good chat. We really chat. can go on. We do, but it's fun, you know? Combo. It's fun. We do, we really <laughs> do. And we also want to share, you know, resources for people to go to that can just either help them better understand the rambling that we do mm. or just to maybe feel inspired by by something that you know could change their lives in their 20 something experience my one of my favorite women um dr sarah lewis who is a professor um, at harvard university um she is a researcher she just you know is an amazing woman and i discovered her on Guess Who's, Brene Brown's podcast. (laughs) Um, And she makes a distinction, um, or she, not a distinction, but she makes a point about um, the necessity of audacity in our lives. Right. Um, And she talks about how 
we as people, she doesn't talk about it specifically with women, but I think it's so fitting for what we've been talking about. Um, mm. We, particularly as women, need to be like audacious with the things that we do in our lives. And right. we need to be ambitious and audacious with our abilities in order to, to actually like get to the next stages in our journey. Um, and I feel like women struggle with being audacious because we feel like, you know, it's not part of the narrative where we need to kind of shrink ourselves and make ourselves convenient and, mm. you know, helpful. Um, mm. But I feel like that kind of notion, and she talks about it, I think, in her book, The Rise. Um, okay. That notion of having audacity in our lives I'm trying to kind of implement that a little bit more um in your day-to-day -day. yeah in my day-to-day -day. um yeah trying maybe not succeeding yet but trying nonetheless exactly <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking you? of Brene um there was an episode that she did with with two women that written a book on like imposter syndrome mm. I listened to that first thing in the morning and I was triggered the whole day. So I, I can't actually remember. I can't remember who the two women were, but it's, it's an incredible, incredible episode. It was, I might actually listen to it again, but it was, it was very interesting how they, whew, how they were able to capture the essence of, you know, imposter syndrome, but also really debunk it in a way that makes you feel really, really foolish. Like it was, mm. it was, yeah, it was, would recommend. So that okay. was really good. Um, I honestly love listening to women who have succeeded. I don't know. I just find it really inspiring because yeah. they've just done so much in their lives. And, and, and I actually really like it when it's women I don't know because I feel like, you know, you have the big names, but to hear these women who are just really owning their own field, I find yeah. absolutely inspiring. Like, I love it so much. So yeah. I would... I mean, we could be here for 10 years, so I'm not going to you know, <laughs> name all of them. But I think, you know, again, Spotify is your best friend. Like, there are so many women doing incredible things. Mm. And it's just, it's amazing for me to kind of hear and kind of be part of their journey, even though I'm just so not. But you know what I mean? You are, you are. Aw, yeah. thanks. Aww. You're welcome. That's nice, thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, complete, I completely agree. I feel like, um, you know, women, women-led or women-centred you know forms of media mm. i yeah i couldn't agree more they're they're always so inspiring um to me and i also think we should talk about we always talk about kind of um non-fiction resources but there are also a lot of fictional you know resources that definitely are helping us yeah. you know define ourselves as modern women and also not be defined by the constraints of the modern woman you know um so um, shows like um, Sex and the City and The Bold Type, which essentially just kind of showcase different types of women. Um, I guess The Bold Type is about women in their tw in their twenties, and Sex and the City is more about women in their thirties and forties. But just kind of show unconventional yeah. paths and narratives to to kind of women's lives. Um, yeah, and I, you know, like Sex and the City, I honestly have rewatched probably seven times um and the bold type I'm still in the, I'm like watching it for the first time still so yeah they're both really great experiences and just you know remind me that you don't always need to do the conventional thing and um there's so many ways in which you can be successful and happy and liberated and um yeah so I, I recommend those two. Oh, thanks that was so nice no because I feel like that actually perfectly summarizes the whole this whole episode like not being convenient and, and finding these different that's a really nice way to put it girl oh, I like that. oh thanks yeah. okay 
Not you being shocked. I know. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. Um, but thanks, I guess. You're welcome. Um, and I would... Uh, Carmen made me watch Eat, Pray, Love. And I think it's maybe one of the best things she's ever made me do, ever. Um, just because... Oh, don't nod. Um, <laughs> it is. There's a lot, of them. Because... a lot of good things I've made you do in your life. But that is okay. definitely a, a very good one. Okie doke. Yeah. Um, but it was just it's so like you can have all the it's, it's you can have all these thoughts in your brain and then someone says it and it's almost like something clicks like a it, the puzzle piece mm. you know goes in and it's like wow I've, oh that makes sense now and watching that it was i think it was like two hours long but watching it i was like oh my god i was i i genuinely feel like that movie might have changed me like mm. in my perspective on 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 life mm. and i would recommend it to anyone who is having a lot of questions about you know who they are but especially you know the 20 something woman because i think it's important for us to see how we can and should evolve as human beings are they paying you what's the commission <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i'll tell you later tell <laughs> 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 the end of <laughs> fair enough no i i i've already seen it twice but it's that's convinced me to watch it again and finally, just um, a book that is very dear to both of ours, but especially Nicola's heart, um, Slay in Your Lane, um, which is an amazing kind of, well, they call it the Black Girl's Bible um, and just gives some like amazing gems and insights into being, I think it's aimed at like kind of 20s, yeah, 20s um, women, um, just about like career and love and education and race and being a woman and all this type of stuff and um, definitely helped me especially because I, I read it fresh out of uni and definitely helped me kind of begin to frame the next few years of my life so yeah highly recommend that book as well well it's it's safe to say uh, have we answered any questions and helped anyone comment today I don't know. <laughs> you should let us know, though, listeners. Yes, you should. Um, <laughs> good segue. Thank you. Segue. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Again, that always will help us and, you know, help other people get a sense of the type of things that we discuss. Um, follow us on Instagram at 20squaredpod um send us a dm or even email us at um 20 squared pod at gmail.com and we honestly genuinely want this this conversation or sorry we want this podcast to be a conversation with you guys as well like you know we just want to foster an environment where we're all kind of having these more open talks with each other about the, strugg the struggles that we're going through so yeah please feel free to engage with us and let us know what you think yeah, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, the episode. If you, if you feel like there is something that is pressing or something that you feel like we should also have a conversation about, we would be so welcome to, like, talking about that, if, if, yeah. obviously, if we can. <laughs> but I, I feel like we're not going to be like, no, and we're not strict on, on that, just because I feel like maybe there are anxieties that we've missed and, and things that we haven't considered. So So please, if you do feel like there's something that you think you really need to hear us talk about, then please let us know agreed well i guess we're at the end of the episode thank you so much for listening and uh, we will be back next week with a part two on this you know hugely relevant and also complex topic of 
you know, womanhood and and the twenty-something-year-old woman and the struggles that we face. So, absolutely. Yeah. Tune in then. Thank you guys so much. We hope you've enjoyed the episode. <laughs> so, until next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.